0: Hello, everyone. My name is J.B. Hickson with NBW Ministries, proclaiming the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel message from my humble studio tucked away in an undisclosed location beneath the tall timbers of Colorado. Thank you for joining us. It's Technology Day. It's Friday, September twenty second, 2023, and that means uh, my good friend Shane will be joining us here momentarily to talk some more about technology. Today, we're going to focus on uh, more of the hidden dangers of AI, some of the breaking news that indicates uh, some of the downside of AI, and of course, uh, what we can do about it. Uh, can't wait to dive into that. Uh, it's uh, the 22nd, so that means I was in Proverbs 22 today in my uh, devotions, and that's a key, that's the, the location of a key verse that has come up again and again over the last several years in our Ministry, In fact, really the last uh, 17 years or so, as we've been focusing on the Luciferian conspiracy and how things are unfolding rapidly to usher in the new world order, Uh, Proverbs 22, verse 3, uh, you are probably quite familiar with it. It says in the New King James, uh, "'A prudent man foresees evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished.'" If you look at that in some other translations, uh, the the ESV, for example, says the prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. Uh, One of the uh, uh, paraphrases that's out there, paraphrases Proverbs 22, 3 this way, a prudent person sees trouble coming and ducks, a simpleton walks in blindly and is clobbered. And, uh, you know, this is one of those verses that must be important because it's included twice uh, verbatim in the Proverbs. It's also found in Proverbs 27, uh, verse 12. And the key to understanding this verse, a prudent man foresees evil and hides himself, is to understand the Hebrew word evil. It's the word raach in Hebrew, and it does not necessarily mean moral depravity, uh, depending on the context, it can mean just danger or trouble, and that's the way what it means here. For example, in Proverb, I mean in Psalm twenty-seven, uh, King David uh, writes, um, uh, "One thing have I desired of the Lord that I will se- that I will seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. For in the time of trouble He shall hide me in." His pavilion, that word translated trouble, there is the same word translated evil in Proverbs 22.3, 3, Ra'ach. So evil just means difficulty, trouble, danger, misfortune. And so if we go back to Proverbs 22.3, 3, uh, the idea here is that a prudent man sees trouble coming. He sees when things are headed south and pays attention. And therefore, uh, he prepares uh, himself. You know, he does uh, what is necessary, he, he takes action. Uh, we go to the New Testament in, in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 6, another key passage that you've heard me quote often. It says, actually beginning in verse 5, 1 Thessalonians 5, 5, you are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. We know the devil walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may uh, devour. And so uh, one of the reasons that we have Shane on and and Randy talking about geopolitical events and other world news uh, each week is that we really believe time is short. And I'm not trying to be sensational here. We're not trying to set dates or, you know, sell long-term storable food or other preparedness items. We're just trying to sound the alarm because the more I study Bible prophecy, And the way things are unfolding around us, as I've explained in my in my recent books, I really believe we're getting closer and closer. And, uh, you know, I love our listeners. I love our constituents. And I I just want you to to kind of be aware of what's happening and be able to take necessary uh, precautions. You know, we're not guaranteed that the rapture is going to happen before things get really bad here in our own country course, for many believers, uh, it has been really bad, often over the last 2,000 years of church history. Uh, here in America, we've been privileged to be sheltered from a lot of that, but uh, you'd have to be living in a cave not to realize that things are rapidly uh, downgrading, and, uh, you know, evil men are getting worse and worse, as Second Timothy 3.13 tells us, and so uh, that's the subject. Of my newest book on the rise of the global technocracy, it's called "Spirit of the False Prophet: Rise of the Global Technocracy." It has a lot to say about technology. Really, that's the underlying theme of the whole book: is how the future false prophet will work under the uh, under the oversight of the Antichrist, and together that dynamic duo will use technology to usher in a full spectrum planetary. Uh, control grid, a planetary penitentiary, uh, you might say. And uh, so you can check out more about the book at spiritofthefalseprophet.org. Again, spiritofthefalseprophet.org. Uh, it is on sale now, and we uh, should have our inventory in. We we know we'll have our inventory in based on the tracking uh, by Monday and start shipping the books right on schedule. We've said all along that the books would ship September the 25th. We hoped uh, that they might come in a little sooner, but in any event, as promised, uh, it'll ship out uh, beginning next week. And so I know a lot of you purchased it right away, uh, but you, you, uh, you know, you've you been waiting patiently, and uh, we appreciate that. Um and uh, as we've said, though, from the very beginning, the, uh, we started taking orders September 1st uh, so that we could ship them as min- the minute they came in. We've already, by the way, kind of planned ahead. We've got so many sales uh, of the book just from our website, not counting Amazon uh, and other outlets that will be carrying it, like uh, Prophecy Watchers and uh, Olive Tree Ministries. We've already sold books in all 50 states and four countries. And so there is an interest in this topic, and I think people are eager to hear Uh, all about this global technocracy that is uh, on the rise. But to try to expedite things, we've already started uh, printing shipping labels and processing the orders. We've got them neatly stacked. And the minute that those uh, pallets come off the truck, we will begin, uh, myself, my wife, Brooke, and some of our other kids begin an assembly line and start uh, stuffing the padded envelopes and get those in the mail. So look for that to arrive sometime uh, late next week in your mailboxes. I've been a great week here at uh, Not By Works Ministries. I hope you'll check out some of the um, podcasts that we posted earlier. We posted a couple of my messages uh, from uh, the Fort Collins Conference, actually three of them over the weekend. Then we had Randy on Wednesday to talk about World Events Update. Uh, Yesterday, we posted uh, Dr. Hickson Answers Your Questions, Episode 9. And today, it is uh, the Hidden dangers of AI. So Shane, thanks so much for being with us. Really looking forward to uh hearing uh, what you have to say. You always give me a, a quick sneak peek of some of the headlines and I tell you what, it is uh it is uh, there's just you, you run out of words to say, but maybe stunning is the what I can say uh, as I think about the, some of the stuff that we put in the book. Um a lot of the research by the way on AI that made its way into the book was uh, thanks to my good friend Shane here. So thank you for that. Uh, but yeah, what's going on in the world and uh, and what can you tell us?
1: Yeah, I, I, I want to say at some point I might have to take a break from these podcasts because I don't want to depress your audience. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, there, there's a couple of dark ones we're going to look at today. So um, so yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot going on. Much of what people are seeing in the news concerning AI is hype. Um, it's, you know, you've got crazy amounts of venture capital money pouring into this segment. And probably, I don't know, I'm going to say 70, 80% of what we're seeing out there in the headlines is what I would call noise. It's a lot of Me Too products. There's not a lot of differentiation between these different AI systems. You have, you know, some some smart people who are taking a AI model that they can uh, typically an open source, you know, one that you can access and are training it, you know, modifying it to accomplish um, some goal. Like, you know, maybe you're uh, summarizing emails for somebody with it, you know, that type of, of product. The challenge is, is there's, you know, 30 others out there doing the exact same thing. So much of the headlines is just that kind of noise with a bunch of Me Too products. Um, so if you can sort through that, there's there's some good things. There's some things, again, you know, I don't know if they're good or bad, um, and then there's some things that really concern me, so we're going to take a look at that. So the first one I want to talk about, and this is a good thing. We always start off with the good here. Um, so Microsoft releases an open source, and what open source software is, is is you can see the source code. Typically, it doesn't always mean this, but typically it also means that you can download it, you can use it, you can modify it. And so that's what we're talking about here with these models. It's uh, the inf- the data, the the uh, everything you need to be able to run it, assuming you have the proper hardware locally. So, uh, Microsoft released a uh, model called EvoDiff, and it is a protein-generating AI. So, this ties back into medicine, and we've talked about a few things like this in the past. Um, so, so EvoDiff um, is able to, um, w- without prior training, uh, figure out the um, um, information about a target protein and you know, whatever the, the researchers are trying to um achieve here, but it um doesn't have to have information about that target protein. Basically, the AI is able to figure this out by itself. And so uh, this is this is going to probably open up some really good advances on the medical side uh, with maybe new new medicines
0: and so forth. So, so can you spell that when you're saying evo? what is it? Yeah,
1: yeah, so it's 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 evo. And then D I F F. It's one word. The E and the D are capitalized. Okay. With you know, you see that in the tech world a lot, where, where you know we'll have that. Um, and um, so you know, this is one of those great applications of AI. Mm-hmm. You can take something that might take uh, people using older forms of technology, you know, years, decades, you know, maybe even longer uh, to uh, to figure out. But they can turn a good model like this um on a product on a problem and come up with answers much quicker. So we will see good things out of AI in this area. Good. So next one, and I'm gonna i want to monitor that one. That one's a very interesting one to me. So uh so I'll, I'll try to follow up on that in the future when there's some more information about it. Um, so this is an interesting one. This is this is a uh, uh more of a research product, but Google's AI team uh, has introduced a model called Madlad 400. Um, It is a massive uh, sized model that covers 419 languages. So there's definitely been an an aspect here where say a model like um, uh, OpenAI's models or BARD or things like that are, are definitely weighed much more towards English. Um, well, this one is going to come is is, is being trained on a uh, number of languages, and so that should give more uh, equity, if you will, towards somebody using an AI system who's not a native English speaker to be able to get the kind of information and responses that a native English speaker would get, even though it's being translated into whatever the uh, the the person u- using it's heart language is. So this is a good thing, uh, being able to uh, uh, make that more available to people, regardless of what language they speak.
0: Now, you know, from a coding perspective, and I'm sure that's a good thing. But trying to anything good, Satan can take and twist for evil. Obviously, we know that. So, I mean, does this have implications for the one world? System and a one-world language potentially down the road, where the antichrist needs to communicate globally through some type of transmission, and he's able to use an AI technology such as this so that people hear it in their own language.
1: Yeah, there's, there's. um, I'll, I'll be honest with you. When, when I'm looking to categorize some of these things, um, you know, from the beginning, I stated my goal is to try to be. just try to be balanced with it, you know, not uh, necessarily assume in- intentions or, 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 you know, potential use cases for whatever that technology is. But I'll admit, when I saw this one, it kind of reminded me of Christ saying, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be when the Son of Man returns. And so when we go back to the days of Noah, of course, there are very ordinary things occurring um in addition to some very unordinary things but uh but one of the ordinary things was everybody spoke the same language right and so i have thought for a while and we and we've seen a number of technologies that really minimize that language barrier that god set up in genesis chapter 11 so for a i don't know a few years now maybe um your google smartphone has had that ability to translate languages for you um there's a, a product uh, lens as i remember you can you know if you're in a place and there's billboards or signs or whatever in a language you don't understand you can have your phone look at it and it'll translate it for you it'll recognize the language and then using augmented reality which we'll go we have a few stories about that today i'm um, using augmented reality it will do an overlay and show in like in my case it would show in english Um, They've also, uh, with the current version of the Google phone, and and I believe you have to be using the Google earbuds, I can put it in a mode where I can walk up to somebody and they can speak to me in Spanish or some other language, and the phone will translate it into my language in real time.
0: Wow. Yeah, and we talked last time about that app that you saw that will not only translate it, but restate it in your voice and even alter the video so that your lips look like it's forming those words. Uh, That one stuck with me. I've been thinking a lot about that since last time we spoke last Friday.
1: So interestingly on that, uh, last night, I was talking with a friend of mine. He's he's a technology guy, uh, ex-NASA guy, really smart. And um, one of the areas that he has a lot of interest in is the digital audio and video technologies. And so I was telling him about that that app, and he and he was kind of like, oh, well, that's old. And I was like, you know what do you mean? And he said, the technology has been around for probably uh, close to 10 years in Hollywood, and I can't remember the name of the system. And he said that it was very expensive. You know, 10 years ago, this would have been ultra-cutting-edge technology where when they, um, if, if the budget permits for the studio, they feel like spending this money, they would record the movie, and then they would take all the actors and put them in a special room and would record them speaking. And there are three cameras, one on each side and one face on. And this uh, computer system would then build a model of both the actor's voice, just like that story we talked about last week, and also their mouth so that they could then say, take, you know, I don't know what movie you want to, you know, look at here, um, but they could then easily translate it, if you will, and have it look, like they're really speaking whatever that other language is movies for a while. Mm-hmm. So that's one I want to investigate. Um, I've, you know, not really heard much about that, but apparently this kind of approach has been around for a while. The difference now is it's going to be everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a, a very special and expensive. I want to say, he, he said the, the cost of one of those systems was around 20 million. Wow. About, about 10 years ago. But, um, Uh, You know, now we're again, we're getting to where it's going to be so pervasive, so available and inexpensive that we'll all be able to do it very, very soon.
0: Wow, that's that's uh, to me, that does have direct implication for. You know prophecy, because even apart from the reference that Jesus makes to the days of Noah, which I take that slightly differently. The fact of the matter is, if you read the book of Revelation, it is going to be a one-world system religiously, economically, politically. Uh, the whole world is going to be deceived. Uh, that's that's much more difficult to do when everyone's speaking a different language. And so, if he can using AI embodied AI replications of himself or of the false prophet or just some type of transmission. Of course now we get into all sorts of science fiction type realities that are now realities in terms of, you know brain communication, uh, so forth. Uh, but in, in any event, if he can do that in a language that everyone can understand, by because it's it's converted into their language uh, wow that the implications of the of the global uh, planetary penitentiary are amazing
1: and and let's be really clear on this technology like i said there there's already products out there that that do this so today um the antichrist could use that kind of technology pretty effectively what we are seeing is again you know i've been talking for a number of weeks about the pervasive element of AI. It's going to be built into everything. So we are we're just within a few years to where it's built into your phones, it's built into your personal computer. um it's it's going to be anywhere, uh, anywhere you can imagine. and the the potential to be exploited by the government, by um, the the world elites, Uh, obeying satan they're going to have some very very capable tools soon Will will we be able to use those tools for good sure um but they're going to be able to use them for wickedness on a scale we've never seen before
0: oh no question and you know as a uh, you know again i know we're kind of going down a rabbit trail here so we'll we'll, i promise to get back on schedule on topic here in a second but you know as an
1: academic about this jb it's not a bunny trail it's not a rabbit trail it's an excursus
0: <laughs> oh, and it's an excursus yeah i've used that word a lot and everybody goes what's an excursus it's a rabbit trail eh? that's yeah. right well i i uh this is this is really freaking me out this just happened this morning but you know folks know that we we live out in the in the mountains or at least at elevation uh in uh, uh colorado not deep in the mountains where we've lived before but uh in the tall timbers at at, at about six seventy six hundred 7600 feet and uh, we, we live for intentional reasons at a place where our address is not public. And um, I have a small studio on our property that we use for not by works. And we have a, a, a storage area as well for some of our resources and things like that. Well, long story short, we, uh, Wendy and I have been talking about replacing one of the sliding glass doors in our main house. And uh, so we had gotten a advertisement in the mail from Renewal by Anderson. It was just a sheet that was mass marketed and mailed to everyone in a zip code. And we, uh, I, I set that aside thinking, well, I might look into it and see if they might have a good price if we decide to do this, uh, this replacement of this sliding glass door. So I brought it from my house out to my office and set it on my desk. Now, my office, I, I'm pretty sensitive to uh, you know, the fact that we're always being spied on. So the cameras that I use for the recordings are always uh, c- covered over, blacked over. The microphones are always unplugged and turned off. Um, you know, I keep, you know, my laptop uh, uh, microphone supposedly disabled. Uh, never said anything about Renewal by Innocent. Just set This little flyer, of course, our audience can't see it, but you can see it because we're looking at each other on a a Zoom session as we record this podcast. I just set it on my desk. Lo and behold, 30 minutes later, I get an unsolicited ad in my email from Renewal by Anderson. And I'm sitting here thinking, how did they see that? The only thing I can think of is we have a pretty good security system that has cameras to monitor out here because we just, it's kind of remote and we don't want people lurking around on the property and getting in. And I'm just wondering if somehow they're the, the company that owns the cameras is selling our data and selling pictures of what they're seeing. That's the only thing I can think of. I did, mean, did you have your cell phone with you? Oh yeah. I had my cell phone, but the I camera's like covered. Strongly, strongly lean towards your cell phone. Yeah, but it's the camera's covered. I mean, the both cameras on the front end, the back, uh-huh. I, I bought an expensive cover that has a sliding thing and it's always covered. So, I, and I didn't say anything. I didn't mention the word renewal by Anderson.
1: Okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah that, that's concerning. I, I've certainly had that happen with um you know with my cell phone. Uh, probably this happened like four or five years ago. My wife was working at a church at the time, and the church had gotten a new pastor and you know was was wanting to change a number of things. So the new pastor hired a church marketing company um in this area, and they had a or still have, a, I guess they're still around. A, a a very uh, unique name, um, and so unique I can't even remember it. it. It was very very unusual name, and never heard it before. She said it to me over the phone, and that was it. And I started seeing ads for that company later that day.
0: Wow! Yeah, no, I mean I know they do that, and it. it I mean, it possibly could have been the phone. Now that you mention it, because I did. Uh, make a deposit of a check and so I had my phone uncovered for that and maybe while I was doing that on my desk it caught a portion of it but it's just you know it's pretty spooky how much they can track and hack I mean I shouldn't be surprised I just wrote a book about that but I mean it's just uh it just really caught me off guard it's like nothing is uh is protected anymore they they uh they're tracking it all aren't they
1: yeah, and so here, okay. So one thing that comes to mind, and I really shouldn't speculate like this, but but we're friends and we do that a lot. So <laughs> yes, I'll, we do. I'll, 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 I'll tell you what, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump into this when we get into the red section. There's a story that came out in the last week, very concerning, and I can see how a similar technology could be used to do that through your security system.
0: Well, I tell you, I can't wait to to get into it. You know, people know my my view on all this. I, I mean, I'm so paranoid. I, I think the people in front of me are following me. And so maybe the CIA, you know, snuck into my office at night and sh- put some secret cameras somewhere. Who knows? But uh, your,
1: your security system, your cameras, are those IP cameras? It's, it yeah,
0: yeah it's, it's networked and, you know, over our Wi-Fi.
1: Okay. Yeah. So absolutely, that can be exploited. And I Um, But there've been a number of good commercial uh, um, video over IP kind of security companies out there with the camera systems that have had security breaches and people were able to access and watch everything and consumer versions, you know, consumer things like ring doorbells. um, There have been issues like that. Um, I actually know somebody who had a complete smart house, you know, the, and he could speak and it would, you know, do everything from work the garage door to lights and you know, everything. And uh he he was targeted by a a group. I'm, I'm not gonna go into details for for security reasons, and they were inside of his house. They were watching him and his family, uh, they were harassing them. Mm-hmm. Um they you know, they were so freaked out, they actually shut down their house for a while and and left for a number of months.
0: Yeah, well, remember, and I tell the story in in Spirit of the False Prophet, the guy that uh, was shut out of all of his Amazon devices, Echo and so forth, simply because a UPS, I think it was, or a delivery driver of some sort, misunderstood something he said and thought he was uh, being you know, mean or or racist or something. And so he reported it. And so Amazon said, I will show you. And they just shut him all out of everything. So, I mean... Before we get back to, you know, our your list there, you know, I will just kind of close the loop on this by saying, you know, technology, at some point, you, you have to go in eyes wide open and recognize that at some point, you're going to have to unplug everything. You know, if you're comfortable with, you know, using it as we are to advance the gospel and to, you know, do our ministry and for the conveniences that it provides, that's fine, but just be aware, it's all being tracked. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: All right, so next on the list and, and just so that we don't lose where we are on the list, you know we're still in uh, what I believe are the good good items. And, and by the way, I want to be clear to everybody, just because I say it's good or, or we're not sure it's bad doesn't mean that's actually the truth. Put them in whatever categories you think is, 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 is most appropriate. These are my guesses as to um, what we're seeing from the technology and its most likely application. Um, so this next one, I put in the, the green category again. This comes from uh, Microsoft's Machine Learning Foundation. And when you look at large language models, you know, your chat GPTs, Claude, Bard, and so forth, um, they are very expensive to train um, I've, and, and, and to run, but the training costs are tremendous on these models. So Microsoft's researchers have um, released a, a non-commercial model called Phi 1.5. And what they are suggesting is that using this approach, you can train models and achieve quality levels equal to these ones we're very familiar with, your chat GPTs and so mm-hmm. forth, um, at a fraction of the cost and time. So if this holds up, We'll have to see if it's, A, if it's adopted. And and when you start doing this kind of training and scale for commercial purposes, you might uncover um, behavior and output mm-hmm. that that hurt it commercially. But assuming this all holds true, uh, we will see an ever-growing uh, improvement in the power and accuracy of these models, uh, cost to be lowered, and all of that feeds into that pervasive nature of AI. Yeah, This is going to make it, you know, so much easier to include in in in, in things.
0: Like you said, so, it's going to be everywhere. Every everything that we touch on a day to day basis is going to somehow be impacted by AI.
1: Absolutely. Um, next one, and, and we we had an episode a few episodes ago on this. I believe it's called uh, Embodied AI. Um, and so there's a company called Robofab, and it is creating these bipedal, humanoid-looking uh, AI-powered robots. Um, that uh, are called Digits, and they believe that they have the capacity to build more than 10,000 of these per year. Now, they can carry objects, carry boxes, so it's going to be that, that that same application that we've seen out of other companies. Uh, warehouse work, maybe helping in the medical field, um, maybe even at some point being in people's homes, but again, we're going to see more and more companies coming up Right now, this idea of these humanoid robots is very strange to most people. It's not something we, I don't think most people see. Um, But, um, you know, we're going to have this in just a few years be very widespread. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a similar rush of venture capital money into this robotics area Mm -hmm. where you have AI systems tied in. Um, That's going to be an explosively large market segment. So, So you're going to see that. Wow. Uh, next one, and this is a, another one of those definitely good things. So Google has been working with the Department of Defense to build an AI-powered microscope, and and the advantage of this is it can help detect things like cancer. So the type of technology this is is a augmented reality microscope, and just so that everybody's clear on what we mean by augmented reality, we we hear a lot about virtual reality. Where you know you're wearing some kind of uh, headgear and the machine creates a world in front of you that you see it's completely artificial um, what augmented reality is an overlay a visual overlay of what you're seeing and so with this AI system and this augmented reality uh, microscope they can as they're say maybe you have a pathologist here you're you know looking at some, uh, some some biopsied cells. This AI-powered augmented reality microscope will help the, the pathologist more accurately determine if this is cancer or not. And where it seems to be very uh strong is in helping to prevent uh false positives. You certainly don't want to, you don't want to miss a cancer, but you don't want to tell somebody they have cancer when they don't. That can be incredibly destructive. <laughs> so, so apparently, this is just going to be a good tool. Um, and um, one pathologist um, said um, um, that when you're, especially when you're trying to rule out cancer, that is one of the most stressful aspects of their analysis work. And 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 a tool like this helps them feel more confident. So, this is absolutely a uh, uh, a good uh, a good thing. Now, this next story, um, and this is more interesting um, than anything. Um, So when we look at artificial intelligence, and and we've talked in the past how these are neural networks. So these are uh, networks, computer systems that are designed to function as closely as we can to the way we understand the human brain to work. So there is a, uh, a prompting technique where... Uh, and this comes from DeepMind, by the way, Google's uh, Google's area, uh, Google's research uh, group, where they could get more accurate math results from a large language model by, and I'm gonna, you know, they didn't say this, but I, this is these are my words, um, by treating it more like a, a child you're trying to train in math. So when they would give the the uh, AI a math problem, you know sam is driving 75 miles an hour and bob is driving you know whatever right and calculating <laughs> you know, i i hated those kind of things in, in school but so they're giving those kinds of problems and other math problems to the large language models seeing a baseline of how they perform but then when they prompt them and that's prompting is that that uh, aspect of asking how, how to ask ai to achieve what you want um so when they use uh, phrases such as let's think about this step-by-step, things of that nature. Just like you would a a kid asking them to slow down, take a breath, look at their work. The AI performed better on the math problems. So so it's really interesting, maybe a little unnerving. It's starting to, to, at least to me, speak to how close researchers are to truly understanding and duplicating aspects of how the human mind works
0: unreal yeah
1: Um, so the things that you know uh that that uh work for teachers or or parents um training up their children educating their children looks like it can also work for some of these large language models
0: Mm. yeah so now we're dealing with you know replacing Teachers And as you and I have talked about before, on the negative side of it, replacing parents and, you know, just subcontracting out everything to these AI uh, systems. But again, there's that fine line between the fact that technology can help us do things better, more accurately, more efficiently, that kind of thing, and versus what if it takes over things that we don't want it to do.
1: Yes, and and that's where we're headed,
0: and I, I have a feeling that some of the news items that you're going to talk about kind of lend themselves to that application.
1: You bet. <laughs> um, so we're going to have our last good story here, and then we're going to start getting to some of those those areas. Um, so there's a uh, – and I'm sure you're you're familiar with this – an uh, organization website out there called Project Gutenberg. Yeah. And what it takes – it aims to do is to take um, classic works – and digitize them and make them available to everybody. And I, I love Project Gutenberg. I think it's a fantastic uh, idea, fantastic service. Well, there's been a, a team up between them and Microsoft's AI division and Microsoft using their AI with not only its uh, natural language processing abilities, but also their um, text to speech capability is gonna be able to you put this app on your phone and it will read to you in a human-sounding voice the audiobooks on from from or the the books from uh, Project Gutenberg's uh, e-book collection. Hmm. So, if you want to hear, um, you know, you're, you're on a long drive and you're just dying to hear the wisdom of Thomas Paine, you can open up this this uh, app and have it read to you um, whatever the work is that you're interested in by Thomas Paine. Hmm. so um and, and other works of course you know it does to be thomas paine but um but so this is a this is a good thing this is very interesting um and and it could um uh, again it's such an inexpensive uh kind of option it's not like you're doing amazon audible books you know things of that nature so
0: yeah how uh, close are we and we're probably already there uh but, you know, we get a lot of requests for audiobooks of, of my books and it's definitely on our list. It's just, it's very expensive to hire the people to do it. And I really want to do it myself because the nature of my most recent books anyway is such, you know, of such a unique topic that not any, you know, ebook reader or someone who can record uh, audiobooks uh is going to know even some of the terminology and language. So I think it would be, and I think it would be a better experience for our listeners for me to read them. But um, it sounds like we're getting to the point now where the, the old school way of doing that, where you hire someone who's in a studio who reads through the, the book or maybe behind us. And now it's just an application that will read any text in a real sounding voice. Is that, am I right Ab- about that?
1: Absolutely. Let's, you know, um, later let's, let's get together. I'll show you some options. You can do that right now. Not a problem.
0: And is it something that can be monetized or is it something that just people download an app, they can read anything they want?
1: You can, you can monetize it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk about it. I, I know our right. listeners have been begging for that kind of uh, technology and I'm the same way when I'm on on t- long trips, which we spend a ton of time on the road. I I listen to, you know, podcasts and audio books and, and all kinds of stuff. So
1: yeah, there are a number of AI systems where you can give the AI the text and it will, and you choose the voice you want. Um, and you can also, some of them even have the ability not only to, to take your text and convert it into into voice, but some of them can do that along with providing a human-looking avatar that speaks and the mouth matches and all of that, where you can embed it in a website or, or, or whatever.
0: Can you choose your avatar? Because I have yes. a few suggestions that would be an upgrade to my look, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you, yeah, you can. So, yeah, w- w- let's take a look at it. I think it's going to blow you away. Okay. So, All right. It's some pretty wild stuff. All right. So that was our last green story. We're now moving into this in between. You know, the 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 yellow category. So um, this is a, and it, you know, it's it's interesting. Um, could be some good things here, but um, but there's also some concerns. So a company called Stability AI, really well known company. Um, they, um, uh, are, are, are mostly been in the, uh, the graphic side, um, of the generative AI movement, but they have recently launched a text audio generative AI platform called stable audio. And so with, they, they've sampled, I want to say it was over 19,000 hours of, of audio of sounds. And, um, they can um and they've also got some partnerships uh with licensing companies for you know music. And so with this, you can create um natural sounding you know music, um, you know, audio from this system. So and, and there's a few other systems, they're not the, that, that do the same thing, they're not the only company here, but they're a very uh, reputable company, you know, they're, they're pro- reputable from the standpoint of their products have, have been very solid. Uh, not one of those me too companies I was talking about. And um, so I have to wonder, so it, it's it's interesting why I put it in the yellow category is I think we are approaching a point to where everything's going to be artificial. So, you know, you might have a, a musician that you really like and you follow them for years we will see musicians licensing and and other types of performers, licensing their image, their sound, their everything to these to to a company that will then produce records for them. Um, you know, using probably hologram technology, have them go on tour. We've already seen that. This isn't that part's not guessing. We've seen that. Um, and you can have somebody who maybe made a name for themselves, but just doesn't really feel like getting out there and doing it anymore could still generate revenue for long after they've retired. And and just like we saw with, you know, in other cases, long after their death, right? You know, Elvis for a long time after he was dead was making more money than pretty much any other performing artist out there.
0: Wait, Elvis is dead?
1: Well, that's what some people believe. <laughs> um
0: so yeah. uh, no, we 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 talk about this very thing in the book. You know the the artists that are using their you know using AI to 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 do concerts. Yeah. You can buy tickets to Whitney Houston right now and go watch her in concert. You know,
1: absolutely. And I I think it, I can't remember if it was Whitney Houston or or one other musician. I I heard that had a long engagement at one of the places in Las Vegas where these holographic shows would go on, Um and so. Again, just the money pouring into this, hmm. um, I, I think almost guarantees it's going to be successful. Some, you know, a lot of companies are going to fail. Most companies will fail in this in this area, but there's going to be a few that succeed and will 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 really dominate these these market segments. yeah, I
0: mean, it it really is no longer difficult at all to see how, for example, the Antichrist could die and be resurrected, you know, uh, as the scripture describes at the midpoint. Well, you know, you've got, you know, AI, you've got fake humans that are not real and they can do just about anything. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's, again, we're rapidly approaching the convergence of fiction and reality so that you can't distinguish them anymore.
1: Well, so, and I, and I know you didn't know what this next story was, but that is a perfect segue <laughs> to, the, uh, to the next one. So, uh, Google, you know, has a, a AI branch, DeepMind. You know, we've mentioned them a number of times. They're pretty well known. So one of the co uh, a, their co-founder, uh, Mustafa Suleiman, I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, he um, has started a company um, and it's worth a billion dollars right now uh, called Inflection. And it's got top tier scientists and researchers from DeepMind, Meta, OpenAI. And they also have a interesting deal with NVIDIA, who is the company that is at the very forefront of producing hardware that is used to train these AI models. Um, and he is of the opinion that generative AI, this phase we're in right now, just everything we've been talking about, uh, generative AI is going to generate text and audio and music and, and, and so forth. Um, images, we've talked about that in the past. He says that generative AI is just a phase. Um, what he is working on in this new company Inflection is what he's calling interactive AI. And we've touched upon this type of approach in the past where you have a bot, an agent, something running locally to you, and you can tell it, ask the bot to carry out work for you. Um, and that work could include, uh, with, with what they're trying to accomplish here, not only calling other software programs, maybe other AI systems, to do what you needed to do, but it could also call on other people to accomplish whatever your goals are. Mm-hmm. So, if I'm understanding what what their vision is, and and you know, and I could be a little bit off here, but you could have this autonomous software that's with you, and you can have it act as you. You know, um, in theory, with a little bit of time, uh, you could replace me with an AI bot that would go out, analyze the stories, come up with summaries, and then using other AI technologies, because this could call on those AIs that I mentioned earlier. You could have a little video version of me, and it sounds like me, and it speaks. We are on the edge of this.
0: Yeah, so let me state for the record, for all of our thousands of listeners here, you are irreplaceable, so don't worry about that. (laughs) Uh, But no, what, what comes to my mind as I hear stories like this is, I mean, to what end? I mean, it sounds like you can, through generative AI, you can essentially have AI live your life for you, but then what do you do? I mean, God made us originally as human beings intending to work. I mean, he gave Adam a job in the garden to tend the garden. We have a purpose to serve on this planet. Uh, If we can essentially, you know, contract out all of our whole life to generative AI, then where does that leave us? It and that gets into what the transhumanists and the you know the Luciferians have been saying for some time now that that mankind is redundant, that we're unnecessary, that that let's just get rid of us. We're useless breathers.
1: So the initial phase of this kind of technology, I'm not talking about inflections technology in particular, but but we've talked about the, these agents or these bots uh, in the past. I've, I've experimented with them. Um, The initial phase will actually be pretty good. Uh, When the technology is mature enough, maybe I can use it to, and this is how it's gonna be sold to us, maybe I can use it to not have to spend as much time on those really boring, repetitive tasks. You know, if there's a report I have to generate or certain analysis I have to uh, do, well, why not have the machine do that? It'll probably do a better job than me in just a few years. Um, and and then I'll be able to take that time and use it for other things, maybe more creative oriented tasks. The And, and that part's gonna be good, okay? Mm-hmm. Sure. The challenge is it's not gonna stop there. And we will get to that point to where uh, most of our time, if not all of our time, can be outsourced to machines. And so then, yeah, we get to that issue of what value do we add? Um, I think it's very destructive to the human spirit to not do anything because like you said we were created to work um we don't recognize that right now because of the curse but but we you know that's part of our design and so if you take that away i cannot imagine the societal decay that would, would occur it's just stunning to think about
0: yeah no doubt yeah. You
1: know, and as a matter of fact um there was a famous experiment i forget it was decades ago um maybe even back in the uh, in the 60s um called the rat utopia experiment have you ever heard of that no uh uh-uh so so this researcher built this rat utopia um where the rats had plenty of room uh there were sounds like there were kind of high-rise structures in it there's some sort of hierarchy to the you know to the places where the rats could climb sleep and live and whatnot and they had unlimited access to everything food water there was just nothing they needed and So what ended up happening is the rat society decayed and it collapsed. Um, And what's really interesting, and I'll send you a link on it. Um, What's really interesting is some of what was observed in the rat utopia kind of looks like what we see in in segments of our our society today. Um, Mm -hmm. The rats became lazy, they uh, quit reproducing, you know, just, you know, things collapsed. That that society collapsed when that utopia was created. Rats didn't have to go work for food. They didn't have to go search searching for water. They didn't have to worry about where they were going to sleep. Um, and um, also, these funny hierarchies formed, and so there were kind of your common rats, and then you had your more elite rats. I'm going to call them living up <laughs> high in those structures. So it it it's it's unnerving.
0: I've seen a couple of elite rats. I think they're named Klaus Schwab, <laughs> and you all know Harari. But anyway,
1: yeah, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> uh, that's pretty true there. So, uh, so yeah, check that out. It, it, it's an interesting thing, I, and I'll, I'll try to send you a link on it. Um, all right, next story here. Um, Google has been behind um, OpenAI since ChatGPT was released last year. Um, which is not to say that Google has not been working on AI. They have. They're they're absolutely one of the leaders. Um, OpenAI got the jump on them um, as far as releasing it publicly. So Google now has a a model uh, coming out called Gemini. And its aim is to be that commercial product that challenges or rivals OpenAI in that enterprise AI market space. So what their goal is, is to have a um a safe ai and i'll explain what i mean by safe that they can uh give access to their paying corporate customers who can then extend that technology to you know maybe be an agent on a website or whatever the the application of it um you know that 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 company's looking for is and um this is this is going to be an interesting advancement absolutely part of the pervasive nature of ai Mm -hmm. Um, so this will be available in, you know, well, you, you probably won't even know when you're using this again, because it's going to be uh, made available to other companies. You're going to see those companies using AI and could very well be a model like Gemini from Google. Huh. Wow. So this next one, um, and you know, I, 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 was really struggling as to where to put it. So right now it's in that yellow category, um, Israel, um, about a week ago announced an AI powered super tank and it's called Barak. And this, they didn't release a lot of details, which you can understand, it's, you know, um, they don't necessarily want their adversaries learning about this. But uh, I think one of the key things here is the tank um, has a, uh, uh, this the, the, outfit of these special helmets the crew wears called the Iron Vision Helmet. And it allows the tank crew to, as it were, see through the walls of the vehicle's armor. So you could have the driver being able to look around and through externally mounted cameras that are doing augmented reality or or just piping in video. We don't exactly know. I'm I'm pretty sure there's an augmented reality aspect here, but will allow them to see all around. Mm -hmm. So instead of having a very limited Mm -hmm. field of view, um, in theory, they could have 360 degrees of vision. And then when you start tying in other technologies, and and they didn't talk about this, but we know these technologies are old in in the military circles. You start adding other imaging technologies like thermal and so forth, Um, and some of the newer technologies for seeing through walls. You could, in theory, give these tank crews using this augmented reality system, the ability to see through a wall of a building, you know, a hundred yards away and determine, yep, there's people in here. We need to, we need to go deal with this and then attack it. So not necessarily bad, but again, you know, there's that, you know, there's that aspect of what if it's abused by the government.
0: Yeah, it depends who's got it. If it's the good guys, then it's it's a good advancement in warfare and technology. But if it's the bad guys, then it's working against us, but uh, yeah, yeah, I just, I mean, (laughs) I
1: think, yeah,
0: right. I mean, I think warfare right now is, is going to be, is already changed so dramatically that it's essentially, you know, 18 year olds sitting at cubicles with joysticks, you know, dropping bombs with drones. And that was, that's been happening for quite some time now. You're not even going to need the 18 year olds. I mean, now, now, now that's where we've progressed, you know?
1: Yeah, I remember in the last few months, there was a, a article I read, um, I, I think it was in Military Times, and the Air Force was discussing their autonomous fighter jets and how they performed in in, in mock dogfights against their best human pilots. And the AI just tore up the humans. And one of the military, uh, I don't know, one, one of the officers commenting on it, I was saying, yeah, the AI is doing things that we just can't conceive of. It, this is not like fighting a human. Yeah, and that is, you know, that type of thing is concerning.
0: Yeah, and then of course, if it goes rogue, like I talk about in *Spirit of the False Prophet*, that's an issue. Um, one on this subject, before we move on to the to the red category, uh, one topic that came up, I think, uh, fairly recently. Reminded me of a conversation you and I had probably 20 years ago, yeah, you know, when we were working at the same institution. Uh, and so this just shows how kind of leading edge your research is, and how you're always kind of got your finger on the pulse of what's coming. But I saw a story about how Wi-Fi routers can now be used to detect human locations and your poses within a room. And you, yeah. you and I talked years ago about how you know there was secret technology back then that the CIA had that. You know, you, they could if they came into a room quickly enough after there had been people in there, they yeah. had some type of device that could could be able to tell by the minute atoms that were displaced from you walking through a room where you had been. I mean, yeah. is it similar technology.
1: No, this you know this is um, this is different. Um, where I'd gotten that 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 story was a guy I knew professionally. Um, At had, had, um he's now in the private sector when I met him. But he had spent probably about 10 years in, wasn't exactly the military, but his other branches of the government that from a technology side, he's a technology guy, um, were assigned to military bases and, and uh, other groups. And he had told me about a technology they had that um, they had two different ones. One was in a room Didn't work outdoors, but in a room, you could go in after a meeting had taken place and it had very sensitive microphones and could detect amplitudes of sound way below what humans could hear. Um, And according to him, you could recreate conversations with a pretty interesting level of fidelity um, for, and I forget how long after afterwards, before it had dropped to a level that this technology couldn't detect. Then they also had another one that did work both indoors and outdoors that did a, something similar with light. And they could come up with these very crude pictures, you know, images of where people were. Sometimes it wasn't that usable um, because of movement and, and other factors. But when he first told me about that, I thought, there's no way. You know, this, this guy is off his rocker but a number of other technologies in the surveillance segment that he told me about that at the at that time also sounded science fictiony turned out to be true
0: yeah i mean that has all kinds of implications uh, you know no longer do you need eyewitnesses but you can you know you can using devices figure out what went on in a room this the article here is from Uh, uh, a research at Carnegie Mellon University where they've been testing a system which uses Wi-Fi signals. So remember Wi-Fi, we think, you know, wireless connectivity and getting on the internet. We don't think video necessarily, but it's a, using this technology, it's able to determine the position and pose of humans in a room. And it's got a kind of a picture with these sort of digital outlines of bodies in a room. And so again, they don't even have to have video they can they can just tell where spatial matter was in a room because of of technology. Now you hook that up to an AI and it can you know talk about pre-crime. I mean, it can it can predict what you were doing or he was standing too close to this gun. and so he he was i mean, I mean it's just it's just unbelievable where where this is all heading
1: absolutely. and 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 kind of related to that, you know you've seen the articles in past years when different cities, uh, different states um, were proposing that it be some some cases mandatory for everybody or in some cases mandatory for people on welfare or things like that to have audio-visual surveillance installed in their whole home. Oh, yeah. And very much that pre-crime type of, uh, of thought there. And um, so so when you start thinking about that approach, and that one, by the way, they're talking about monitoring with people. You know recording it and if there's an incident, you know, they'd have a the, the video and audio evidence to go back and supposedly bring justice here. So, but of course it wasn't well received. Hey, I don't want people watching me in my home. Well, what happens when that next version of it comes? And but it's going to be an AI system that watches you. So your privacy is ensured Nobody's watching you. There's not a human, not somebody you're going to see in the store that watched the video or heard the audio of your conversation, whatever it is. Um I th- I think we're just a few years away from seeing that. I could see it being, you know, the, the carrot and the stick approach. So like maybe there's somebody who's uh, gotten in trouble with the law, and ultimately they're given this decision of you can either go to prison for X amount of time or for X amount of time you agree to let us put this system in your home.
0: Yeah, it's an ankle bracelet idea. That's,
1: yeah. 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 Except, except for the ankle bracelet, is just geographic location. This is going to open up that ability. Well, that it's the next door neighbor that ability to predict thought crimes, mm, mm. right? So, can't read your mind yet uh, with, with with the technology I'm discussing, but um, but if they can see everything you're doing and can hear everything you're doing, um, if you say things that are concerning, they'll you know they'll they'll know.
0: Yeah. And, the, and they're pro, the AIs are programmed to where, and that, that's what this whole uh, uh, you know pre-crime show that I talk about in the book uh, is about. I uh, can't think of the name of it now. Oh, I think it was class of 09 was the name of the, the show about a bunch of FBI graduates, academy graduates. But anyway, the, the AI is the one making the determination based on what it's monitoring, whether you pose a threat. It's not like some human being has to say to connect the dots. I heard this you saying this? I saw you go here. I'm afraid you're going to commit a crime. It's the AI doing it, and this is where it's kind of out of our hands. And that's that was the yeah. premise of one of the episodes of that show. Yeah.
1: Okay, so you're you're, you're definitely not going to like the next story then.
0: Oh,
1: uh, <laughs> I got It's interesting that your your comments are just feeding. You don't know, you know, you don't see my list here.
0: Well, I've got a contract with the CIA, and they're actually okay. you know, so monitoring they're, yeah. your your computer there. No, I mean, you, you say this next one, I'm not going to like, I don't like any of them, Shane. I, my mind goes um, negative on all of these. You're, that's what we love about you. You've got an objective, kind of balanced, calm approach to all this. My mind immediately jumps to how is Satan going to use this to hurt me? That, that That's where my mind goes.
1: You're, you're not going to have to think hard about how he's going to use this next one. Um, so the Department of Homeland Security uh, released a, um, a document, I'm going to call it, um, it's an outline of how they are going to, it's, it's their official guidance for DHS, um, how to use AI as a tool for surveillance, monitoring, and tracking of American citizens. And so um, there's a uh, uh, document release released that outlines how they're going to use that. And here's what's interesting. Um, some of it, you know, I, I don't know, kind of makes sense from the standpoint of, of uh, they've been doing it for a while, right? This this shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. Um, just as the technology is getting more and more capable, they will have more and more access to information that I don't think they should probably have access to. But on this, in this document on page three, there's this paragraph, and, and I want to read this to you verbatim, okay? This is not my interpretation. Um, this is one of the bullet points. On page three, there's a series of bullet points uh, discussing um, this governance of how they're going to do this. And so I'm reading this quote from the document. DHS will not use AI to improperly profile, target, or or to discriminate against any individual or entity based upon the individual characteristics identified above as reprisal or solely because of exercising their constitutional rights. DHS will not use AI technology to enable improper systemic indiscriminate or large-scale monitoring, surveillance, or tracking of individuals. So, what was really troubling to me and, and other people who who saw this is that word "improper" or "improperly." Who determines what is proper in a situation like this? Um, you know, I don't trust them to do this, frankly. Um, and then, when when you look at these statements here, um. You know, DHS will not use AI to improperly profile, target, or discriminate against anybody, any group, um, because of them exercising their constitutional rights. That gets stepped on constantly by the federal level down to the local government level. Um, So when I look at what's been happening for a long time, that statement does nothing to, to reassure me here. And then the other one that almost seems absurd to me was that second sentence DHS will not use AI technology to enable improper systemic indiscriminate or large-scale monitoring surveillance or tracking of individuals. The, the simple fact of the matter is these kind of technologies that have been around for a while you know this kind of monitoring are by nature the widest nets we can cast.
0: Yeah yeah, I mean, it, I clued in right on that when you read it, you know, the, the, the meaning of improper it uses that word twice. And, and then that second statement implies that there is a proper use for systemic surveillance, That's wide so surveillance. But, but even more than that, as you commented uh, initially... Improper, by definition, is a moral word. It it is an absolute word. There's what's proper, what's improper. And who is making that determination? Well, I'll tell you who's making the determination of what's proper. It's the same people who who can't tell a male from a female and the same people who said it's okay for an eight-year-old child who says I want to be a girl when they're a boy to be snatched from their home and put on an operating table and sliced and diced. That same people that make that decision are the ones that are going to say it's okay, you know, to use AI, you know, for, for this thing. So, you know, it gives me no comfort whatsoever to think that the DHS is producing guidelines on how they're going to use AI to, to hack and track us. In fact, to me, it's more of a telegraphing of what's to come, right?
1: Yeah, and, and, and so, you know, that's that announcement from the government side. I'm going to just throw in something here. Um, and by the way, I, I know... Many listeners have to believe, since it really just came to the forefront in our culture, and our society last year, that much of this AI stuff is new. And when we start talking about these broad scale surveillance programs, that that's coming, maybe, you know, that's future, that's sci-fi. But in the last week, roughly, um, a story came out that um, Sony, you know, the entertainment company, whatever you want to call them, They have, of course, a video game system called the PlayStation, and there's a network that you can subscribe to so that people can play games online with with each other. And part of that network allows the players to communicate with chat and voice. Well, the Anti-Defamation League made a deal with Sony to give them a backdoor access to that network. And they have been monitoring all communication between players for about five years, if if I remember the article correctly, monitoring their text and and voice, looking for things that they considered anti-Semitic speech, and then reported it back to the ADL. So kids and adults, whoever's on the network, have been surveilled by a non-government agency for roughly five years.
0: Unreal. I mean, it's just you know come lord jesus i mean you think they're they're literally spying on your kids as they're you know playing these video games i mean first of all what parent would let their kids have the internet access through these gaming systems it's it's unbelievable to me but and, and when you say non government agency of course the government is then going to easily be able to get that information from these private Companies, we've seen that with you know with Yahoo and 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 uh, AOL and 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 all of those, though, where they can easily either through subpoena or just strong arming them or buying it, buying it outright, sometimes get that data. So, uh, so for well, five let's, years let's, now, they've been spying on your kids and tracking that data. Uh,
1: let, let, let's be clear about this, and 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 you know, I hate making a statement. You know, here here's what we know. And can you imagine what we don't know? Right. I, I hate talking that way, but but let me say this: If Sony gave the ADL that kind of access, you better believe multiple governments have access, and probably other organizations, possibly companies. Certainly, Sony has AI systems that are monitoring what people are saying, and you know, building a digital models of people, of what they think, maybe what they sound like, and so forth this type of technology will be exploited in ways we can't conceive wow
0: so so why do you think as we as we wrap up here why do you think that thinking from the the big picture perspective of the luciferian conspiracy why do you think that now they're starting to just Come right out in the open and talk about this when, when certainly they could have kept it secret. And then now, but now it's more mainstream. Is it, is it a cat that got out of the bag or is there some intentional way to sort of mainstream this and prepare for what's coming?
1: I I think in some cases it certainly is an accidental disclosure. But, you know, I've been, I've been wondering about this for a little bit and I'm kind of leaning towards it's part of a, you know, it's part of conditioning us to to say, oh, it's everywhere. There's no escaping it. Don't try to fight this. Um, it's not just, you know, in, in, in certain systems. Again, it's gonna be pervasive. The AI will be pervasive and the surveillance will be pervasive.
0: Yeah, and what's what's amazing about that from a biblical prophecy standpoint is that no matter how good this AI gets, they will never achieve omnipresence you know the way god almighty has it or omnipotence so there will be times when they will probably lie and 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 through this conditioning convince people that they can do something or see something that that they actually can't but if they can convince the the world that that you are completely controlled um then it almost doesn't matter whether you actually are or not right yeah, if
1: they rob you of hope, mm-hmm. they they own you.
0: Yeah, well, I remember our experience waking up, and obviously, you were a big part of that. As I talk about in "Spirit of the Antichrist," Volume One, but you know, they, there were times when Winnie and I were just depressed because it's just like once you know the world as it really exists and the way Satan's earthly minions are are seeking to to take it over. It, it It just changes how you view life, even the little things you just you see people, you have conversations and they're not awake, and you're just it's all surface level, and you're thinking, in some ways, almost wish I didn't know. you know, but oh absolutely.
1: Just, you know. so it it gets heavy. Sometimes I have to take a break from this for a while because it's um it's it's a lot. there's just yeah. a lot of 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 weight when you start realizing what's really around you. And so I've got got one last one here. This won't be too long. Uh, I know know you and Randy have discussed it. You've discussed it in your books. Um, but um, And this comes from a guy named David Chalmers. Uh, He's a professor of philosophy and neuroscience at New York University. And apparently he was in a conversation with Larry Page. Larry Page is one of the co-founders of Google. And according to Chalmers, Page told him that... um, Very quickly, very soon here, um, he he believes, you know, he being Page, believes that AI will achieve the level of AGI, that artificial general intelligence, which is that hard to define, but, you know, goal that so many AI companies have to have an AI system that operates, is able to perform like your average human. And so, of course, if we get AGI, you can absolutely... See what's going to happen to the workforce. That's you know, um, would, would fundamentally uh, cost the vast majority of, of jobs. Mm. Um, if we even get close to it, it's going to cost a lot of jobs. So if we get AGI, um, yeah, that that's that's going to be the end of labor for a lot of us, and maybe that rat utopia occurs unless we're just wiped out because we're useless eaters. Um, but. And and then they're they're, they're discussing once we get beyond AGI, that super intelligence, and when they achieve this super intelligence, that they will have created God, and that's their words. They are creating God. I'm not, you know, I'm not putting those words in their mouth. So they want this all-powerful, all-knowing machine that will dictate our lives, and that is such a um, demonic demonic thing very much the end times
0: yeah I I mean, it's it's really agi is essentially they've arrived at their transhumanist goals of uh, of creating life now it won't be life the way god created it won't be true life out of nothing in the image of god and so forth but it will be essentially they've 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 replicated uh life. And, you know, I really think, and, and they've been telegraphing this for a while, that, you know, the ultimate goal is depopulation. And so it's not so much, I mean, it could be a combination of a rat utopia and depopulation, but um, you know, I've been preparing for several messages upcoming. In fact, I've got one Sunday night uh that I'm going to do on the rise of the global technocracy. And then I've got several coming up at Prophecy Watchers and others. And so I've just been kind of tweaking, always try to just tweak and add new material and, and just kind of change the focus. I, I hate to preach the same exact pre- uh, presentation twice, but uh, you sent me a, an article or actually it was a video from the Malaysian prime minister at a conference way back in 2015 that uh, I actually, you know, list watched his whole speech. uh or uh, Muhammad, I think was his name. Uh, Mahat here, Muhammad. And, uh, and, you know, they've been, the, the world leaders, they know that there is an evil cabal working at the behest of Satan trying to, you know, usher in a new world order. This whole conference was all about the new world order and, and w- whether it's a recipe for peace or war. And uh, this guy was, I mean, sounded like a guy that that I would hear speak at a prophecy conference, d- bemoaning the dangers of this new world order and and how they're trying to take over everything. And he said, you know, specifically at the end of his a message, which was about 22 minutes. He said, look, they, there's going to be a need to kill many billions of people and or starve them to death or prevent them from giving birth in order to reduce the population of this world. And so... Um, it's hard to yeah. get much more
1: clear than that.
0: Yeah, no, you can't. You can't get any clearer than that. And so when people talk about, oh, Hickson, you know, that New World Order stuff, you're just such a, uh, you know, a tinfoil hat conspiracy uh, theorist. Well, you know, uh, hang on to that tinfoil hat because you're about to go for a ride here. And uh, if you don't see it coming, it's going to blindside you for sure. Absolutely. Well, Shane, uh, great, great discussion. I know I took longer than I usually do because I had so many uh, questions and comments, but you're very gracious with your time, and uh, uh, we uh, uh, just you know, appreciate the insight and want to remind people of the verse that we started with from uh, Proverbs 22. Again, today is uh, September 22nd. And so Proverbs 22.3 two three says, "A prudent man sees trouble coming and prepares himself." And and that's what we want to encourage you to do. And 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 most of all, you can do that by uh, reaffirming your faith with the Lord as a believer, just diving into His Word, uh, staying close to Him. The biblical word for that is abiding close to the Lord. Uh, we need His presence like never before. He never leaves; He's omnipresent. But uh, we need to be careful not to be distracted by the cares of this world, and instead stay close to Him. And uh, and if you're not a believer, if you're if you're listening to this, uh, I implore you. Today is the day of salvation. Place your faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who died and rose again for your sins. He's the only hope. Uh, he's the only one who can uh, can you know overcome uh, the enemy, and has overcome the enemy already, and will indeed win. Uh, in the end. So thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you have a great uh, weekend, and uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you at Plum Creek Chapel on Sunday if you're in the Denver metro area. Uh, Otherwise, you can live stream my message on Sunday at notbyworks.org. Don't forget to check out spiritofthefalseprophet.org for more information about the, uh, the brand new book. God bless you, everyone. Have a great weekend.